Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We are back, baby. Hey! We are back! <laughs> we are back. We are back. We are back. Jacob needed to take a couple of weeks yeah, off. Yeah, I did. He yeah, was feeling, I did. You, you just, what, you went to the beach or something? I have not gone anywhere this summer yet. <laughs> why, you, were we, why were we off Why then? were we off? Daddy-o, tell us. That's right. Big I Daddy. had a baby. I had a son. Thank you. Thank you. My baby boy was born a couple of weeks ago. A little bit early, so a bit of a surprise. That's why you didn't, you didn't get your Steelers standard when you're looking at your feed and all two of you out mm-hmm. there who love us so much were like, what the hell's going on? My mom, your dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jacob's mom, my dad. We're back, though, now. Don't worry. And... I couldn't think of a better time to be back because there's nothing going on right, right now. I mean, I mean, we're kind of in that. Shout out to Lucas Robert Offerman for coming at a time where it wasn't in the middle of a dry period huge for the news Steelers. frenzy. Yeah. Right when we sat down to record this, I was like, you know, I'm thinking about just topics to throw out today, but did anything huge well, you, happen what, that I missed? What like, I said too, I was like, we got a lot to catch up on, and then you said, do, do we, we really? though? Like, I don't know. We're kind of in that eye of the storm right now, right? Because mini camp is over, yeah. players are out. I'm sure on their own form of vacation right now, whatever they're doing. um, And you're just waiting for that first day of training camp, that move-in day at St. Vincent's, which, by the way, is just three weeks away from when we're recording this on Wednesday the 5th. Three weeks from training camp getting started. So it's right around the corner. But, yeah, right now, you know, everything's just kind of calm right now in Steelers Mm -hmm. Nation. Nothing really happening. And... I guess the big topic to lead off with is Kenny Pickett always tying the knot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's always going to be Kenny Pickett, but because we are in this kind of dead zone of the summer, the only news story is still related to Kenny Pickett, but it's about you just had a baby, Kenny just got married. I don't want this to sound like I'm making fun of him or disparaging him in any way, but some of the stuff you saw from the wedding it kind of felt like it was a wedding not for Kenny Pickett, but for someone named Kenny Powers, maybe. Did you, oh, you think Like so? with the fireworks yeah. display behind was, him and all, the fog it was, machine. It was really well done. It was done <laughs> up a ice, lot. Yeah. Steelers ice sculpture. I, I don't know. It's, I thought you were going to say like Kevin. Like I meant that Kenny in a good Rudy way. or something. Because no. it was very Steelers like I could driven. see Danny McBride being like, we're going to have fireworks inside with a fog machine <laughs> going off as I dance with my bride. But... All jokes aside, I do want to talk a little bit about Kenny Pickett because I did ask and answered with Labs, uh, our return episode, um, earlier today. And one of the questions that was posed was kind of, when's Matt Canada going to get fired? It wasn't like that mm-hmm. straight out of the gate, but that's kind of the gist but of yeah, what it was. it was the essence of it. July 5th, and the guy wanted to know, well, all right, let's get this moving. When are we going to fire this Canada guy? And I wanted to ponder for a second who has more pressure on them this year? Is it Kenny Pickett in his second year at quarterback, or is it Matt Canada in his final year on his contract as offensive coordinator? And 
I think, you know, as far as the big career arc is concerned, you'd want to see Kenny Pickett really take that big step in year two. And there is certainly a lot of pressure on him to put more points up for this offense this year. But I actually think, you know, just in the vacuum of this season, there is a lot more pressure on Matt Canada to perform. If Pickett stalls a little bit this year, maybe regresses some, knock on wood, hope that doesn't happen. Uh, if- I, I, you hope... I mean, if he stays stagnant, Regardless, that's all right. Doesn't take that big yeah, a step right. for just a small one. You're still rolling with him as your starting quarterback Absolutely. in year three. The pressure Unless- isn't at its boiling point yet. With Canada, I think that pressure is there. I don't think that he's going to get fired midseason, no matter what. Just not in the Steelers' it's, DNA. No, not at all. But I just feel like if he doesn't really come out and show massive improvements with Kenny, this offense, and scoring closer to the mid-20s per game than down in the teens, high teens, then you're going to get the classic, you know, line from the company, we have decided to mutually part ways Mm -hmm. after his contract has expired at the end of the year. So I think, you know, in a way, a lot more pressure is on Matt Canada, even though, I mean, obviously, you know, the quarterback comes before the offensive coordinator. If you have the quarterback, the OC pretty much falls in line on his own for the most part. So... I put the pressure on Canada this year, and yeah, I think, I, I think that right it's going to be do. interesting to see how someone who really has not had much experience in the NFL level outside of this run as the OC for the Steelers, right. as quarterback coach for the Steelers, handles a make-or-break season where, I mean, everybody is lining up to make him the reason why the offense has failed, and the offense hasn't even taken one snap yet. Yeah, and I think, you know, when it's when you compare Kenny to, to Canada, Kenny is an individual. Canada oversees all of these individuals that are working together. And I think that's why you gotta put more pressure on Canada, or that's why I think there is more pressure on Canada's shoulders than, than there is Kenny, because some guys just take a little bit longer to adjust. I mean, like you said, if Kenny doesn't take that big leap forward. And unless he doesn't take a huge step backwards, I can't imagine him not being the guy in Pittsburgh in in the third year of his career. I can't imagine the 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 blame would be so dramatic and and, and so d- directed in his one direction that he wouldn't be the starter next year. Even if you do have Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph on the roster for next season, you have options at quarterback. I can't imagine Kenny Pickett doing anything so terrible this season that it would cost him his job. Now, with Matt Canada, the reason I think the the pressure is on his shoulders is because Kenny Pickett may not be taking that big leap forward this year, but he still has the weapons. He still has Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, uh, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson. He's got a better offensive line now. He can do more with the run game, get Jalen Warren more involved. So that's why it, it ha- the pressure has to be on Matt Canada just because of the amount of options you have available to you. Whereas Kenny Pickett has those options too, but he can't do anything about if Najee Harris fumbles the ball or if Najee hits the wrong hole or if, if the play call by Matt Canada is, is a run instead of a pass or pass ver- run versus run or if Deontay Johnson drops the ball or if Darnell Washington gets involved and his hands aren't as good. It, it's... So much is out of Kenny Pickett's control and so much is in Matt Canada's control that it, it it's very logical to to assume that Canada's under a lot more pressure here this season. Well, it, it's just, you know, you see around the NFL that good offensive coordinators can really push 
talented offensive units over that finish line. And you call on the examples of the San Francisco's of the world mm-hmm. constantly because that's the gold standard. And there's just so many times where you see players running wide open in the middle of the field, and it's layups for below average to average quarterbacks that have been in San Francisco for the past few years. It makes their life a ton easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you have that kind of weaponry in Pittsburgh. I don't think anybody in this receiving core is a Debo Samuel. I don't think no. that. I think Pat's a damn good tight end. I think Darnell's got a lot of potential, but being Neither George Kittle, is, George a, Kittle is a different yet. animal. Yep, yep. And now you throw in a, a Christian McCaffrey into that mix. Mm-hmm. It seems almost unfair, not to mention you were saying you call in that offensive line. They have maybe the best player in football in Trent right. Williams on that. Right. So you have stars there, but then you have great play calling really making life easier for these quarterbacks to get the ball to these stars. You know, it's a lot easier for a Brock Purdy to know who to throw the ball to when number 19 is literally streaking in the middle of the field wide open. And that's really what Canada needs to do. I don't think anybody is mistaking him for some great quarterback whisperer, some Brian Dable type that's been around the block forever and is going to, you know, really mold Kenny Pickett by his own hands. But just put Kenny in, you know, positions that make it easy for him to succeed and you don't have to do that by, you know, keeping the binky in his mouth and mm-hmm. treating him with kids' gloves. Mm-hmm. You have to open things up a little bit more. And I think you saw Kenny thrive last year when the offense was opened up. I look at that Ravens drive that he had. I mean, he had to make some big-time throws, the Steven Sims throw in the middle of the field. Right. Great catch right. by Sims, but it really a tremendous pass as well by Kenny. Mm-hmm. And when he's able to kind of freewheel like that and sling it some, that's when I think you saw him at his best. And does that come with some mistakes and some interceptions? Of course it does. And I think last year the Steelers wanted to, not in an insulting way, but go into a bit of a shell offensively, limit those turnovers in the second half of the season, try to scratch out these wins by a field goal by six points, and they did it very successfully to the tune of going to 9-8 and eight and, and being alive in the last week of the season for a playoff berth. But, you know, that is only going to get you so far. 9-10 wins, I think. If you really want to start to close the gap on the top of your conference, be considered a contender, then you have to start opening up things offensively. And again, Kenny has shown you that that's kind of in his blood. That's what he liked to do at Pitt his senior season, push the ball down the field, take some risks, break the pocket, be an athlete. And I think you saw him at his best in the second half of the season when he was that athlete and also making smart decisions and not turning the ball over. So open things up a little bit for him yeah, here a little bit. To. And that's kind of where I think the the main pressure comes on Canada is you've got all of these ingredients right now. Bake us a cake here that's going to look and taste mm-hmm. great. And he's... Again, not the guy that instills great confidence in you to do that because the track record is just what you've seen in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I like that you brought up that Steven Sims play. And another play I like to bring up is the Connor Hayward touchdown in Atlanta, right? Kind of a very similar over the shoulder catch that Hayward had to make an athletic play. <clears throat> we saw that Kenny Pickett was making mistakes early on in the season. And then he continued to learn from those mistakes. And the mistakes were taken down at a dramatic rate, but even though those mistakes kind of disappeared, you still saw 
a lack of kind of explosive plays. You saw a lack of down-the-field plays. And I had to kind of think that Matt Canada is... To blame is a harsh term, Mm -hmm. but it's on him for those lack of dynamic plays. And what the Steven Sims catch and the Connor Hayward touchdown proved to me is that Kenny is willing to take these risks. He's willing to take these calculated risks. As you said, his throwing ability, his throwing accuracy improved as the season went on. He's willing to stretch the field. It's just... How how able will he be able to do that with a playbook that's led or and and coordinated by Matt Canada? Yeah, and again, the confidence just isn't there with a guy like Canada who doesn't have uh, that much of a track record in the NFL. But you hear that the Steelers, you know, f- want to run the ball more. That's mm-hmm. their mantra. They've really had that kind of marching order since they were dead last in the league in rushing Mm -hmm. just a couple of years ago, and they've done a pretty good job of slowly climbing up Mm -hmm. the rankings when that's as far as that's concerned. But just because you have that marching order to, you know, run the ball, be a a run-first team and a bit of a throwback, doesn't mean that you have those big hitters in your back pocket as well because if you are successful at running the ball, and again, not to go back to the San Francisco example, but... You know, they set up so much with runs. They set up their pass with it. They set up running with passing. And they just play off of a balance so well with each other that, mm-hmm. you know, just because, you know, you have this, oh, we want to run the ball more. We want to utilize this revamped, tough offensive line. We have two really good running backs and a quarterback that can actually run the ball pretty decently himself. And, you know, the safest way to protect the football is to never have to throw the football. So, mm-hmm. We're going to try to, you know, operate as a bit of a throwback. You know, that doesn't mean that as U.S. Canada just kind of sits back and you're just like, okay, well, you know what? This is easy. 32 dive and then <laughs> another 32 dive. And then how about another 32 dive? Like, <laughs> you have to, you know, and I, I'm I'm saying this and I'm sure he does this. Like he's not an idiot like a lot of people portray him to be. But you just want to see more of it and it more successful of, you know, doing things in the first quarter not with necessarily an eye towards it being that successful then, but setting something up in the third quarter, setting something right. up in the fourth quarter. Right. Like, there's so many times you see film breakdowns of teams with great offenses where they have their tight end lined up in a certain spot, and he does this 10 straight times mm-hmm. whenever they're in this formation, and then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter on the 11th time, instead of him breaking out to the right, he just crashes down onto the defensive line, and like dominoes, they just fall mm-hmm. over, and the next thing you know... You've got your running back running 15, 20 yards down the field. So just being able to use things to set other things up and, you know, being a savvy offensive coordinator, um, that's where I have most of my worry here. Like, I know he can design plays. I know that he understands the concept of pushing the ball down the field and using the middle of the field. Right. But pulling the right cards from the deck at the right time and using some plays to set up others. Those are kind of the things that you get to the next level as an offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. with. And I just, three years now, you you haven't really seen him be able to, oh, wow, he really suckered that defense Mm -hmm. into all, they were all moving to the left side, Mm -hmm. and he just dumped it off to the right. Like the most explosive play last year, the the two most explosive plays last year involved 
Pat Fryer move. I mean, you can in- include the George Pickens catch, but that was just a great catch. And the point I'm trying to make here, too, is, yes, the the other ones that come to mind are the flea flicker, if you remember, in Kenny's first game against the Jets. Uh, where did that come from? You hadn't – I mean – Jet motion and, and the sweeps you saw time after time again. And, and you and I have said time after time again, we didn't have a problem with it. We just had a problem with it was the same jet sweep every time. It doesn't matter if you're doing a jet sweep. Just you're like you said, open up the playbook, set the defense up for failure. Go jet sweep, jet sweep, jet sweep. And then the fourth quarter, look like you're going to do it and then give the ball to somebody else. And that just wasn't the case. And then the other play I'm referring to is the long catch that Pat Firemuth had, but it was a simple catch and run and a crazy stiff arm by Pat. Like, the playbook is there, and the players are there. You just haven't seen, like you said, it's been three years now of Matt Canada's offense, and we just haven't seen any signs of he's starting to understand how to kind of utilize the talent. And that's another thing, too, Tom, is that in his time – as the offensive coordinator for this team, the talent has gotten better. No question. Right? Like, like the players on the roster have improved, and he's had the chance to kind of do more with more, and he's seemingly, not to say that he's doing less, but he's not doing, he's not, you know, that playbook doesn't seem to have expanded at all in, that, in his tenure as the OC here. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Well, I don't know about expanded because I think you have seen his certain elements put into it. But Mm -hmm. I will say this. We're talking about using plays to set up other plays. It seems like everybody knows the jet sweeps are coming. Right. Doesn't that seem like a good place to start to kind of get some trickeration in there? Exactly. Maybe, you know, run the jet sweep five or six times in a row. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. You do it a little differently than that. I will say this, too. You were talking about players and the team just getting better. I also think that, you know, he has gotten the benefit of players that will fit into his type of scheme Mm -hmm. well. And the one that I'm thinking about off the top of my head is Calvin Austin, who I kind of have a feeling they think is going to be a big-time contributor. Yeah, I mean, mean, coaches and players have all been lauding him. And and, and granted, a a very small window and a very padded window. He just seems like a a very gadgety type of player. They're going to need – I don't see Gunnar Oshesky making this roster, so I think he's going to be the yeah. punter turner. Calvin Austin is, and, you know – Yeah, you never he, know, though. One thing that did happen he, while we were off was Anthony Miller was cut from the team, and that was someone yeah, that, just injury that we thought that when he was signed to the one-year extension and earlier in the offseason, we thought it was because they liked so much what they saw out of him in training camp last year right. that he could do, catch fire again, but you just never know. But I, I, I agree with you that – Calvin Austin is taking is going to take over the main role that Gunner was assigned to as the as a return. I think he'll be a return, but I also think he just brings so much to More, the yeah. offense that you want him on that roster that mm-hmm. you'll find a, a role for him. I 
Well, that was never a, that was never a doubt either. Was that before Calvin Austin got hurt? Even though there was a very crowded receiver room with a healthy uh, Anthony Miller and Miles Boykin and Gunnar Olszewski, there was never a doubt that Calvin Austin wasn't going to make that team, and until he got hurt, and then you were worried. And now moving forward, I see him as someone who I think will be no lower than fourth on the totem pole when it comes to the receiving room. I I think it's actually going to shake out as you would predict it right now, you know, Pickens and Deontay as mm-hmm. your top two, and then Robinson and then Calvin Austin as your next two. And I just think that the reason for Austin being that high on the depth chart, getting those helmets on game day, aside from the punt returning is, you know, those, like I just said, those jet sweeps, they're not going anywhere, folks. Like mm-hmm. those dump off plays, like right. I know that you want Canada to have some, you know, renaissance, have some experience, some out of body experience this off season where, he completely changes the playbook and, you know, all of that stuff is out of him. That's his bag. That's what he does. And I think Calvin Austin is a guy that he's looking at right now as someone who is perfect to execute what he likes to do offensively. He reminds me of a player at Pitt, Quadri Henderson. A lot of Pitt players will remember him. He was a kick returner, punt returner, uh, All-American in doing that, and eight on those Matt Canada offenses at Pitt doing jet sweeps. And... He's very similar to the type of player that Austin is, you know, smaller, but faster than all get out and a mm-hmm. shifty dude and hard to bring down in the open field. So I think Canada, you know, I don't want to say he's licking his chops at the guy because he's not like it's Tyreek Hill, but he's definitely looking at him as someone that is going to be useful in more ways than just fair catching a punt, getting an extra 10 yards off a kick return. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And maybe he becomes such an integral part of this offense, Tom, that, like I was saying earlier, it's it's hard to, to predict who's going to make that final 53, but maybe it becomes like an Antonio Brown situation where, not to say that Calvin Austin will reach Antonio Brown levels, but he'll become a, such an important part of that offense that you don't want to risk putting him out there on punt returns and kick returns that you kind of have to keep Gunnar Olszewski around because he's your, I, you would assume he's your next fastest guy that you're capable, that you're willing to put out there in a very dangerous situation in, in a return man position. It's just, it's it's good to see that you know when the Steelers lost or, or traded away the 32nd overall pick for Chase Claypool. Not to say I regret that move at all, because obviously the return on that investment was huge, in the in the ability to draft Joey Porter Jr. and shore up your cornerback room, but you. You really couldn't name who your de facto third receiver was going to be behind George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, right? Was it going to be Steven Sims? Was it going to be Miles Boykin? You brought in Allen Robinson, but given his last season in L.A., you don't really know if you were confident moving forward with him as your third receiver. But now that you have Calvin Austin coming back, and and hopefully, 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 this guy his career will be able to take off and it's not going to be just muddled by injuries for the entire, the entirety beginning of it. And it's never given that chance really to take off. You feel a lot better, especially given the reports coming out of minicamp that play from players and coaches saying, yeah, he's a very dynamic piece of this. He's going to be a very dynamic piece of this offense. Now, all that being said, pressure on Matt Canada, 
there is an amount of pressure on Kenny Pickett. Uh, yeah, sure absolutely. There's no, well. He's got to take that next step. In. Just because there's pressure, there's more pressure on Matt Canner doesn't mean there's no pressure on Kenny Pickett. No, and he knows that. And, you know, again, I say he's got to take that next step. It's not necessarily taking a Burrow-Allen type of step, but it's definitely starting to shuffle your feet in that right direction. And you see quick a quick learning curve with him, at least from the one season that you have uh, to observe, very interception prone in the first half of the season, barely threw any interceptions in the second half of the season, and really showed that clutch gene as well in the second half of the season. So there's a lot to be optimistic about for Kenny to to take that next step, and I don't think that you know you can completely say, well, you know, if Canada's so bad, that's not going to hinder Kenny at all. But I do think that. You can't. You shouldn't just be ready to say if Kenny struggles, oh, it's the offensive coordinator's fault. And Kenny himself has said that he's said, you know, it's up to the players to execute now. Like we've got mm-hmm. the guys, right. we've got the the right. talent on the team now. Would you love to it's see really out up of, to us Kenny, to execute? You know? So, Matt Canada, I understand being public enemy number one, and has certainly not done much to, you know. To not justify those claims of him, but you also got to look at Kenny with a little bit of a a critical eye as well this year because um, if he's not taking those steps towards becoming a more consistent starting quarterback in this NFL, if he's not starting to throw more than just one touchdown pass in any given game uh, in the NFL, then you don't hit that worry button, you don't hit that panic button, Mm. but you're not as excited heading into 2024 as you are now heading into 2023. Yeah, I mean, of course. <laughs> we we keep talking about how every season for the past four or five seasons, we were kind of teeing ourselves up to be overly optimistic or unreasonably optimistic regarding several different position groups or just the overall schedule or just the overall state of the team. But now, I mean, I, I completely agree with you, Tom. Given Kenny's progression at the end of last season, and you hope that you would assume that could just carry over, right? We we began this episode saying, unless there's some catastrophic drop off in his performance, then you would have to put more blame on Kenny's shoulders than you would Canada's. But what from last season, especially the second half of last season, would give you the indication that he's going to have that kind of a drop off? Absolutely none. I I I fully expect, and I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh do fully expect Kenny to kind of carry on from that season end where he had two game-winning drives in the fourth quarter where he beat he beat Cleveland in the in this in the season finale having a much better performance than Deshaun Watson did right there's no reason to believe given what you saw his progression there's no reason to believe that he would have a kind of drop off there's no reason to believe that he won't carry on from where he left off of last year well, he ended last year with the Steelers in third place in the AFC North, mm. and recently I saw the odds come out for the AFC North division. Mm. So we come back, let's talk about where sure. you know the, the bookmakers have the Steelers paid to finish, and if you agree or disagree with that. So we'll look at the AFC North a little bit when we come back. He's Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and you're listening to the Steelers Standard.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.